Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. On this episode of The Big Gym Show, I am joined by UFC middleweight championship contender, the Springbok of the UFC. Drickus Duplessis. I got to hang out with Drickus in his gym in Pretoria, the CIT Institute. We did a couple of rounds and of course I got absolutely battered but I earned the right to interview him for one of my walk and talk interview series of which will be on Rugby Pass TV. That'll be the exclusive. This is obviously the audio version. So with Drickus's massive fight around the corner in January against Sean Strickland, it was awesome to be in his company. For anyone who knows me, I am a mahoosive fan of the UFC. So hopefully you enjoy it as much as I did. And also just a quick one, if you're enjoying the show, please like and subscribe, tell your friends. It helps grow the Big Jim show and helps with discoverability, whatever the hell that means. Thank you everyone. Enjoy. This is the Big Jim show. Big Jim is wearing his heels Marching around the town to get some thrills But it's time to go in now And he's big and red A shot of black coffee, now he's super dead He gets lost on the bearded cows A shoulder of some whiskey and he shoots it like a mouse we're in Pretoria with UFC fighter Drickus Duplessis. And he's a big Springbok fan. And you've seen what it means to a country, right, when the Springboks come home with the cup. The players, the coaches, Rassi Erasmus walks through the airport in tears and you see what it does to the country. That will be you. There is not even a second where I would doubt dying before I'm giving up a win. For me, it's everything. And that's the heart of, of a South African. We are in the CIT Performance Institute MMA gym with UFC fighter Drickus Duplessis. Thank you. Why do I feel sick? I'm a huge UFC fan, so to be in his gym ahead of his championship fight against Sean Strickland, if I'm allowed to say his name, and we know how much Drickus is a, a big rugby fan, he's a big Springbok fan. And what I love about South African people is like they support their own, don't they? And he's flying the flag for the whole of South Africa in the UFC. So, but to be here in Pretoria at his gym is a real pleasure. So he's doing some filming now. He's doing a bit of training. This is actually his recovery day. Being in the gym, some great fighters as well. Some potential champions chatting to his agent, Wayne, as well. Tonight is the Jiu-Jitsu sparring. Okay. So all the gyms member, they all come. It's 10 rounds, five minutes a round. No breaks, no nothing. Really, so it's proper, just hot horrible, steam horrible. sweat. And there can be anything from guys who've never trained before to professional fighters on the mat show. Mm. Keeps you humble, because you're not sure uh, you're grappling. Oh, really? Yeah. Are we going to 
Can I go like I'm a street fighter or not? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'll put out some jeans too. Oh yeah, put out some jeans. Then we look like we're scrapping in the street. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask a quick question before we go? Yeah. Where are your mitts? Why have you got? Why has he got gloves on? Oh, uh, I thought we, we, we were going to move. Like, I'll catch your shot. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Good. Hundred. Okay. And they didn't design. That's beautiful. What's that? NDA. <laughs> Am I insured? I always said I was a striker. I'm not. Um... Oh, let's go. Here we go. It's all the footwork. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's all right. Sorry. Sorry. That's all right. Sorry. I've got the range of Israel Adesanya. I'm coming in. Got a minute left. Why my breathing? Oh no! Oh. And time. How many more rounds we got? Is that it? Hagen, we can go. We can do another one. Can we edit that to make it look like I was, I was moving? I was tapping. One more. One more. I like it. If there was a ramp, he would have stopped it. Would have. Luckily, there is a. We need to stand to strike. Oh, he's a Oh, I'm not there. I'm stretched. Nice. Good job. You sure? Can only respect the man when you say. When you've had some rounds with him. What I feel sick. That happens. Yeah. That happens. Oh. So when you were squeezing me. <laughs> yeah, I felt like a baby. Yeah, that's a tough one to be in. Oh. Love no. getting beat up. It's okay. You want some water? Yes, please. Can I, can I get some water? Why not? Is it those of water? I'll start talking. Gym. How hard is it letting your hair down? Now when you're, the, you're close to a fight. We're having a right. laugh and a crap, but you were training before. Yeah. How hard is it when there's such a big fight big thing in a few weeks? Is, you know, I go into the zone for, for when I'm in fight camp. You know, it's an eight-week camp. I'm always training. I'm always... You know, when I'm not fighting, even though I don't have a fight coming up, I'm, I'm always at the gym. I'm always training. It's my job, just like anybody else. Obviously, just the eight weeks out when you have a fight sign. Yeah. Intensity picks up. You know, there's a, there's a task at hand and a priority, but for me, the, the, the most important part about that is, you know, the mind shift that I'm making from, okay, change the mindset from being a human to and a, a normal human being in society, guy with family and friends, just like everybody else, to being a guy who's willing to give up his life and take one. There is no time for hobbies, you know. Mm. The best to get out of me is maybe an hour, an hour to a week of, you know, uh, of playing some PlayStation. Tell me a little bit about the gym, because I imagine since you've come to the fore, I know there's a few other South African fighters, but you're kind of yeah. flying the flag, right? You're the springbok yeah. of the UFC, of the MMA world here yeah. in South Africa. Has it just grown and grown as your profile and as- Yes, absolutely. I think- It's gone uh, through the roof. For, 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 uh, for us, you know, we started with the gym, uh, maybe half this size downstairs. It was still six years ago. And then I opened up this place, a singular building, and, uh, you know, as amateurs, because we, we have from five-year-old kids all the way uh, to professionals. Yeah. And, you know, we opened up the boxing gym next door and the jiu-jitsu gym and next to that. 
know, we, are, yeah. we are passionate people when it comes to sport in South Africa. Now that we have somebody that we can root for at the top, uh, at the top of the pile, we, you know, everybody just you know, takes more notice. You know, it was unheard of of making it this far from South African. You can be a South African and just go live in America and train there and live your whole life here. That's, that's basically was the only way to do it. And ever since uh, uh, myself and Cameron got to the UFC, I'm fighting for a world title now. And, and this is my gym. I train here. I live here. This is the first gym that I trained in when I was 18 years old. And it's still my same coaches, same gym. So now so many more kids, people in South Africa realize they don't have to go abroad to, to get to get to the top of the of the path, to get to the highest level in the world. Yeah, class. Well, let's get showered up and let's do it. Let's take it to the streets, eh? Yeah. Let's take this chat to the streets. If that is, if this was, uh, uh, this was a street, you probably would have had me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Because, because, I'm, a, a knife. because I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a striker. <laughs> That's why, anyway, with any potential or not, be honest, I've just turned 41. Now, did you feel anything at all? 100%. Be I honest. felt this. Should I tapped earlier or not, did you think? No, that was a good tap, especially oh, with the guillotine. That was deep. Yeah, okay. I was, was surprised how long you... you, you there you go, so you were surprised. Was I was 100% yeah, surprised. Yeah, there you that go. Was good. I didn't tap too early. Well, Drickastupacy, we had an icebreaker earlier, so I feel more comfortable and less nervous now walking and talking in your home place of Pretoria. How did I do earlier? Oh, great. You did great. I mean, that's a, that's a, you know, most of my friends I made in school, still friends today. Uh, we had a good old fist fight somewhere in, in school and then you, you earned that respect. Or, you know, that's how, how you settle your problems. I mean, and that, uh, like you said, icebreaker. Here we are now. There was no problems. It was just I was there, you got the gloves out and I thought, well, where are the mitts? There's two sets of gloves, but it was, I said, it's the most alive I've felt in a long time. So thank you very much. No, but only a pleasure, man. We tried to get you the World Cup. You were there, you were enjoying the final. I know you're a big Springbok fan and we will get into that, but we missed you at the final. You were enjoying the celebrations too much. What happened? Yeah, well, I was honest. Uh, what I was told by my assistant was that uh, we are doing an interview before the game. Pitch side? Uh, yeah, well, you know, and I was pacing myself the whole game day because it's the World Cup final. Uh, for the interview, and when I got there, now, like, I was like, you guys know where I sit. She right, girls are probably coming to get me when that game started. I said, well, interview or not, if it's after the game, this is going to be a very interesting interview. But then the party started, you know, just the way uh, the, that me and every South African watched rugby. Beer, rugby, screaming, and uh, celebrating. Yeah, but the World Cup final, you looked like you absolutely loved it. And that's what I want to get into. The way that other athletes and other sports people, men and women around South Africa, come out for their own. But first, are you a big rugby fan? Always have been, I imagine, sir? Always have been. Always been a, a big rugby guy. And uh, massive, massive respect for the, the professional rugby guys. I mean, those guys, I've, I know quite a few of them. I've uh, trained with them uh, at my gym. Some of them came for some wrestling exercises. Great for the rugby. And this, it's just, uh, I mean, if you look at the Springbok guys, I, I went to go see them off at the airport before the World Cup. These guys, it's just, it looks, uh, I mean, look at this. I mean, if you stand next to a guy like Arches Neyman, uh, Peter Steff or, or Eben, these guys are massive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even look real. It looks photoshopped when I'm standing next to them. To go out there for, for away from, from family for that long of a period of time, uh, it's admirable. I mean, the pressure that, that was on those guys. And of course, you know, being a big Springbok supporter, winning a World Cup back-to-back, uh, -back, it's, 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 it's incredible. Yeah, it's a class to hear someone that is in the field that you're in and this sports and entertainment industry say that you've rocked up at the airport to say goodbye, like almost like 
a super fan, but that is the special relationship that you have in this country, don't you, for other athletes and other sports? Yeah, 100%. I think it's a mutual respect. And, and as, a, as a country, as South Africans, we are very, very passionate when it comes to sport, any sport. You know, uh, and we are, make no mistake, when, when, when the teams don't perform, South Africans get angry. That's a, that's a fact. But you know, at the end of the day, we'll always be watching and supporting our guys. I mean, for us, that a World Cup, a Rugby World Cup is a massive, you know, and me fighting for a world title, it's, it's massive. The, the whole country is, is like, it's, it's almost a build-up like a World Cup final for me. Uh, and the whole country is just getting behind me. So, and like I said, I'm a super fan of the Springboks, but they've also been extremely, extremely good to me in, in terms of showing their love and, and, and support to me, you know, making me a, a flag bearer for the Springboks. It was a massive honor for me, and I'm a, I'm a Springbok, just in a different sport. But you're the Springbok of the UFC, and the size of the sport in South Africa has grown because of you. I know there's a couple of you fighters from South Africa there. How's that been? Yeah, it's been amazing. You know, I like to think of myself as a Springbok and, and, and carrying the flag in, in the UFC and, and representing my country. But uh, yeah, like, like you said, the, the sport's grown tremendously because just the fact that people are exposed to it now, and we have a horse to, to root for. So for me, that's, it's incredible. I mean, for me, it's a dream come true. I'm, I'm living my dream of, of being a professional mixed martial artist and uh, ultimately becoming a world champion. Yeah. The pressure, okay, when you're in a team environment like I've been in, you've got you, your mates around you and all that. I love the UFC, I love boxing, but the mental resilience you must have when you have all the glitz and glamour around it, but almost like it's a little bit of a kind of circus in a good way. The other sports have it, Formula One have it, you see. But as an individual, as a fighter, when all that's going on and building your brand and everything that goes with that, the Conor McGregor effect that they call it, that's important, right? How do you deal with that? Because that's yeah. not a very South African way, is it? Normally it's quite quiet, quite humble. Yeah, the big thing is I'm, how I see it is, you know, it's, it's staying focused. And like you said, the mental part is the most important part of this whole thing is, um, just the antics outside of it, being able to go and say, listen, this is not the fight. This is being able to make that separation, just like you would the guy that gets into the ring is not the guy you're talking to right now. It's a different animal. And just in that exact same way, I'm a different guy when I'm sitting on stage and we're doing a press conference that I am in the ring. That doesn't affect my performance at all. I always say that you can be the nicest guy in the world or the biggest asshole in the world. I'm still going to go out there and, and try and take your head off. Mm. No, it's nothing personal, it's just business. What's it like being in the UFC That's like, as, as an organiser? <laughs> it is amazing. Like, is it amazing? Because I know it's taken a little bit of heat around like fighter pay and the fighters have got bigger voices and stuff like that. But from the outside, from my industry looking in, it looks like an unbelievable industry to be involved. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash 
Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Had a company in itself in the UFC with Dana White. Yeah, of course, the UFC has uh, the... They have the... You can say monopoly. They are at the top of the pile. You know, it's, it's a hard thing to say because they've been accused of having monopoly, but it's not a monopoly. It's just everybody in the world knows that the UFC is the the industry leader that's that's what i think uh, you know in terms of boxing i'm a massive boxing fan but that's why boxing has taken such a fall there's too many promotions too many world champions and the right guys are not fighting each other the best don't fight the, the best, best are not fighting the best and if they do it's all it's a 10 years in the making fighting a manny pacquiao versus uh, floyd mayweather it was they both fought way out of their prime mm. so you know, and that's, that's what the UFC gives you. If you are the best guy, you are going to fight the next best guy. There's a, there's a ranking, and you can be any organizational champ, but everybody in the world knows the UFC champ is the world champ. He's the number one in the world. And uh, I think that's, that's, that's a great place to be if you're organization and for me to be in the UFC. Because let's be honest, every single belt world title that I've had has been to get into the UFC. It's, mm. the, it's the, the top of the pyramid. Every MMA fighter wants to be a UFC fighter. That should be your aim. And um, it's amazing to now have the opportunity to become a UFC world champion. Did you think you were going to be fighting Sean Strickland? No. No, I honestly thought that uh, Adesanya was going to make it look easy, to be honest. But, uh, you know, kudos to Sean. You know, he, he's, he's a badass guy. I have a lot of respect for him. As a person, met him real quick, don't really know him, but... He's a funny dude. I enjoy him. Trash talker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the yeah. American way, which is different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it is a little bit different. I love a little bit of banter, but it has to be authentic. It has to be real. If you look at a guy like Conor McGregor, how he did it, he does what he does brilliantly. And uh, obviously you get a, quite a few guys in the world that go, oh, he's made a lot of money. I'm going to do that. But it's not authentic and that's, it's, it's easy to see. So for me, I like to, to stay true to myself. With Israel Adesanya, one of the things where I felt like, not that I know, but just because I watched it and thought that was awesome, the way you dealt with him coming in the ring after you beat Robert Whittaker, which was an unbelievable performance. And then he stood there as you're being interviewed by Rogan and you're having to deal with that like energy. You can probably see him and then he comes in and you have that interaction and I'm not your brother. I'm African, but I ain't no brother of your side. And all of them things. <laughs> yeah. And then everything that kind of spilled out about that, about not being African. Like, how have you dealt with that? Because that's almost, because of the profile of him and because of the profile of that conversation, you came out of it very well because you did the walk-off and you said, I'm not your brother. Yeah. yeah but that was class. I was in, yeah. that, that was authentic. It was you. But how has that been received in the wider public? Yeah, actually good. I mean, it was, uh, you know, there, was the, there was a part of it where um, they tried to make it racial. I didn't have to shut it down because it, it didn't affect me at all. Because I just, you know, I know I am. It's, uh, people could see right through that. Uh, you know, race has nothing to do with it. That was the only thing that, that out of this that I didn't like, is the fact that it, it may have gone that route. And just to hear it, you know, the people that's influenced and the people that hear it, kids, everybody watching mm. this, that's not the message sport should ever be portraying. No matter if, it doesn't even matter if it's just in the name of building a fight. It's a, it's a terrible narrative. Why did he get to that? Well, why do you think he brought that out? I know he's building this brand and he's charismatic. No, and he's the, the, the big thing that. is, I think, with him is he he loved the, he loved to when it's convenient, claim Africa, and um, that's 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 what I was getting at. Like, you know, I love you. He doesn't. It's mm. uh, at the end of the day. You no, know, 
he fights out of New Zealand. And uh, I think that that's why he, he got so angry. That's why it aggravated him like this, because now I was taking his niche away. And uh, like a lot of people ask me, listen, if you could take anything back, you know, maybe no. I said what I said because it's facts. Mm. And, um, you know, um, it was, it played out well. You know, any, any discussions when it came to race, I would just say, I'm not talking about that. It's, it has no place in sports and it never should. And the country you're from as well, yeah. as in you yeah, know absolutely. what it's like. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like I said, I live here. So, you know, I think it, it, was, it was great because people started seeing through it, uh, that this is not what it's about. And uh, nevertheless, you know, people always thought now, people think that Arasanya fight and they talk about it and I don't care. He doesn't have the belt anymore, so it, it means nothing to me. Mm. It was never about fighting a person, it's about fighting for the world title. Mm. And as soon as Sean Strickland became champion, uh, that's where my focus went. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this fight. I'm looking forward to finally realizing the destiny and becoming world champion. Yeah, a bit of history though between New Zealand, the All Blacks and South Africa. That Do you know what I mean? Been, like, yeah, that, that narrative, that's, well, that's, it's going to happen. That was, that's going to be cool. Yeah, and that's why that fight would have been massive. I still think the, the Adesanya fight would be much bigger than uh, the Strickland fight in terms of people wanting to see it hype. But at the end of the day, it's two guys who don't hate each other. But both have a common goal and a job to do and that's always going to make for a great fight there's no emotions here this is pure heart and two real men going into a ring and, and sorting it out and see who's walking out yeah this is a tiresome line that i've kind of used but i've got to use it because it is a thing that south africans are built different chatting to willie larue we did an interview with him one of these slow walking talks as well and uh he says you can have all the skill in the world he says but measure a man's heart, measure a South African man's heart. Is that what you've been brought up with? No, we are 100% built different. I know, I know that for a fact. Now, when I go into a fight, uh, I know this guy, maybe he's more skilled than me. Maybe he's a better wrestler, maybe he's a better striker, but that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's the two of us getting in there. And when it comes down to a dog fight, I know I'm coming out uh, as a victor. I know what I'm willing to sacrifice to get a win. I know what I'm willing to to do and that's what I think always uh, with my opponents they look at my fight style they look at the 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 technicality of how you should be doing it and they think no nah, this guy's not no he's not on my level and once you get in there with me you realize that there is not even a a, a second where I would doubt dying before I'm uh, giving up a, a win for me it's it's everything and that's the heart of, of a South African I think if you look at how the box play that's exactly that at the end of the day it's the guy who's willing to die that's going to get that to get the job done and you've seen what it means to a country right when the springboks come home with the cup you've, we've seen the scenes you were a part of them when the players the coaches rassi erasmus walks through the airport in tears and you see what it does to the country yeah like that is on your shoulders that is on as athletes that can be you that will be you at some point you will walk through them doors of the airport as a champion one day and that changes the landscape of everything not just for you but the people that see that the people that are a part of that your family the country yeah absolutely i mean the influence you have on that motivating a person motivating a lot of people bringing a country together i mean it doesn't it's something so much bigger than me you know this world title winning the start of fight is not about me just me i mean for me it's a lifelong dream and it's not a dream it's a goal since I was a very young boy and I've been working at it every day of my life but this is much bigger than that. Here's one. Bit clickbaity but interested to know 
if you think Conor McGregor comes back and if he comes back how good does he come back because when you get that level of fuck you money which he's got yeah. it changes things for the appetite surely it must do does he come back Drickers to the level that we all want him to yeah I think uh, I think he has is he going to be champion again I don't know now that's a especially where he's at now and the weight division he's at now he has a, the pound for pound number one pound for pound fighter is the champion in his weight division so but I'm a you know I have so much respect for Conor for he likes he, you yeah I'm, well I mean you know he did mention it that was really cool mm. you know when he came on the scene I was such a big fan and uh, now to fight I've, I fought on his undercard my second fight and uh, yeah I think he comes back I think uh, I've been seeing footage he's in back in the gym but like you said it's hard it's hard if you have that kind of money to go and wake up every morning and go through this what we're going through it's not an easy life yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's tough especially if you don't have to mm. and that's why I think he's going to come back because now why is he doing it now he always said when he came into the sport he had one goal and that was to be able to retire his family and his kids family and that's what he always said he was never uh, acting like he was, it wasn't about that but now he has and he's still here He's, he's still a, he's a fighting back. man, isn't he? And now like he's, he's real. I see he loves it. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I think went out the window a little bit when, when he started making hundreds of millions. He, he achieved his goal. And then taking a, a time away from the sport, he realized the money wasn't the only driving factor. I love this. And that's, a, that's, that's where you want to be. That's what makes me the best fighter in the world. It's the fact that I love this thing more than anything else. Drickers, just give us an idea. Give the viewers the rugby and the wider sporting world, what it's like when the cage doors close. Like, give, give me the feeling of what it feels like when that happens, the, like how alive you feel. And I talk about this in rugby, and it's just much smaller thing than what you're going through. But you walk out there, you feel like you float, and you feel you're, like you're alive. What does it feel like when you hear that? Well, to explain you, like, I have goosebumps as, you, as you're talking about it, because that it's feeling is so unique. So, uh, a lot of people ask me, well, like, what do you think? And... It's crazy. It, it feels, I, I've explained this, I would imagine what it feels like when you know you're going to die. That feeling where everything flashes before your eyes. And you think of the most random things. You're so focused, but there's such random things going through your mind, a childhood memory maybe. But for me, you know, I stand there before the walkout. You stand in this little dark room, like we, as I like to call it. And you can see the crowds, yeah, and people looking into the little tunnel. And it's just you and your team there. And you're trying to be as calm as possible, but how do you really stay calm? So what we do is I have a heart rate monitor on. My coach would say, hey, you need to get your heart rate down. Stay calm. And uh, it's really hard because <laughs> you're literally going out there to fight somebody in front of millions of people. But, you know, as the music plays, my, my, my walkout starts, it's almost like you don't even think about the fight at all. It's, it's a great feeling. That's, that's mm. where it's game time. And I get out there and... Once you get into the, the actual octagon, it's so, I mean, you look around, you see while they're putting on Vaseline and everything, and you just look around, I see the screens, and you notice people, you'll be like, oh, look at that guy's shit. And you, because you're so in tune with everything, it feels like I can see better, I can hear better, because your senses are heightened. And then you get into the cage, and when you get into that cage, that's a scary place. That's just, if you step in there and you realize this is it, this is under the lights. I mean, it's, it's so bright in there. And maybe your opponent's in there. That's a little bit different. Maybe your opponent's in the cage. Already he walks out first. But if you walk out first, you're waiting for it. And then his walkout's happening. And you're staying there and then you're starting to think. And, you know, it's, 
you, you, get, you get there, you look at your opponent, sometimes your eyes are locked in on each other. Sometimes a lot of guys don't even make eye contact. And when that ref says, are you ready? It's almost like it's the worst feeling in the world, but the, the best feeling in the world. You're so scared, but so ready at the same time. Now I'm, I'm scared, not scared of that guy. I'm scared of anything, of being humiliated, of scared of failing, scared of, uh, you, know, you know what you've been through. And it's the unknown. You don't know if this guy can knock you out with the first punch. But you look over at him and you, you realize this guy's feeling the exact same way. And uh, it's, it's, there's so many things going through your mind. That, that last few seconds when that ref says fight, it's like, let's go. And when you go, it's, you're so tentative because anything can happen. But as soon as the first contact was reached, you don't even think about it anymore. No more nerves, no more stress. It's just fight. It's just focus. Focus on nothing else. They can, anything can happen next to that cage. I wouldn't realize it. Mm. So locked in in your opponent. But the feeling in general, that scared feeling and going out there and doing it, I think that's the feeling that I'm addicted to. Because I've lost and I've won. When that ref just stop, when you're busy sitting on top of a guy and you win that fight, it's the best feeling in the world. Mm. And uh, I felt the receiving end of that as well. I've lost. And that's the worst feeling in the world. But yet, I love every single second of it. And that's why I think I'm more in love of the feeling of that feeling of not knowing what's going to happen. That anxious feeling of I'm scared, but I'm ready. I think that's the feeling that really catches me, that uh, makes me love this and do it every single time. Because yeah. there's a part of me that says, I'm never doing this again. Why am I doing this? But here we are. Yeah, we're here. And all of South Africa are going to be behind you. Scotland as well are going to be behind you. I'm an adopted South African son now because I spent a lot <laughs> of time here. That. But, mate, it's been absolutely class. Jim, thank you so much, man. It was great having well. you. Yeah, thank here. you. Thank you. Thank you.